Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. All right, my talkers, it is four o'clock. I think Julia's in studio with us, right? She's not in the bathroom I right now. I made it. Good. So she knows what time it is. Mm-hmm. We've got Hollywood Speak coming up with Nick Cannon. And boy, can I not wait for that. I think I know what that's about. Little report from the royal family. Julia's random thoughts. And you guys got some, is it Notable Lives coming up? Notable Lives. Yes. Okay. So this one I meant to get to last week. I it's know just, who it is before you even say you? it. Yet I don't know what. Yeah, I think it's the woman who survived both. The Spanish flu and COVID. And 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 world two world wars. Yes. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Her name is Primeta Giacopini, and she was 105 years old. And uh, she lived a life of adventure, you guys, obviously, to live to 105. And she did die of COVID, which her daughter she said her she would have lived longer if she hadn't had COVID. And she was vaccinated. But COVID took her down. A breakthrough. Yeah. A breakthrough. Uh, yeah. And it ended the way it began in a pandemic. Um, because being 105 years old, the the uh, 1918 worldwide flu pandemic. Especially. Uh, yeah. yeah. So she would just been born. Wow. And her daughter said um, uh, she was a fighter. She had a hard life and her attitude always was. Basically, all Americans who were not around for World War II were spoiled brats. <laughs> I, I would, we did I not agree. know. We, what, we don't know rations. We don't know yeah. anything like that. Yeah. And Primetta uh, Giacopini's mom, Pasquina, <laughs> died in Connecticut of the flu in 1918 at the age of 25 when Primetta was just like uh, a couple months old. Wow. And so her dad and that flu pandemic in 1918 killed 765,000 Americans. And we've just gone over the 700,000 mark. Um, So uh, her father was a laborer and he didn't want to raise Prometa or her younger sister. So he sent the little sister back to Italy and he gave Prometa to an Italian foster family that moved back to Italy um, when she was like four. And um, as she grew up, she learned how to be a seamstress. She had raven hairs, Julia, and dark eyes and sharp features. So that means she had a good, strong nose and probably lovely cheekbones. Mm -hmm. And she fell in love with an Italian fighter pilot named Vittorio Andriani. And... um, she told a military. Why does everything name sound better in Italian? It just it's does because it ends in a it ends in a vowel. Well, it's just lovely. Um, so she was at a military aviation club like five years ago, or excuse me, ten years ago, 
talking about her life because she was kind of in, and she said, I didn't see much of my first husband because he was fighting in World War uh, II. Italy entered World War II on the side of Germany mm-hmm. in 1940. And the local police wanted Permetta to leave because she was an American citizen. And Mussolini wanted all the Americans out, and she refused. And um, then her husband went missing in action. Later, she found out he got his plane crashed, like around Malta. And she joined a group of strangers making their way out of Italy to Portugal on a train because they were going to put American citizens in concentration camps. Mm. Mussolini. And um, so she just said, you know... um, her mom was just a force of nature, and in, when she was in Lisbon, she boarded, uh, when she got to Portugal with these strangers, she got a steamer ship to the, the U.S., and she returned to the town where her she lived till she was four, bought a Chevrolet sedan for $500, got a job at General Motors, started making ball bearings, and she met her husband, Bert Giacopini, on the job because he had like something wrong with his eyesight or foot or something mm-hmm. so he couldn't be in the war. And they stayed married until he died in 2002. Did her original husband die? Yeah, he, oh, he did in die a plane in the crash way. in okay. Malta okay. on a mission. Oh, geez. What a journey. I know. What a life. What a life. So I guess she spoke because she was like a Rosie the Riveter. And right. She was in demand. She would speak and she was in like very good health and... Yeah, Primetta Giacobini. You know, when I was in Boston, um, we went and toured the USS Constitution, which is one of the very, very, very first warships ever. Like for, It was like in 17, before the revolution, yeah. you know, and and in the ship, they had all these Rosie the River posters up there and talked about all the women that built, worked in the shipyard during World War II. And one of the things that struck me about being on this ship, and it was, you know, the with the big sails and everything, is that, first of all, how small people were. And secondly, <laughs> I mean, the doors, the door, people were so little back then. Um, but they all slept in hammocks that were pinned to the ceiling. There were no solid mm-hmm. beds or anything. Mm-hmm. They all slept in hammocks. And that was just so weird yeah. to see. Um, this ship they is one of the big ships. They only take it out like a mile out and a mile in because I was so worried it's just going to split into it's so old. Yeah, right. But it was just, I love the history of all yeah. these women and all the all the women that worked during, you know, World War II. And how sad and they were when they got kicked out. They had to go back to go their back, Go back to making dinner. They loved it. Yeah. Well, speaking of that, okay, so then there is in the Star Tribune a notable obituary. Okay. Glennis Terwisha, I think I'm saying her name right. What a great name, Glennis. Glennis, isn't that a great uh-huh. name? She was just out of high school and she got her first, she passed away. She was only uh, 62. She lived in St. Paul. But when she was just out of high school, she got her first paying job as a teller, earning $400 a month at Citizens National Bank. In Wilmer, Minnesota. Okay. And within a year, she was then 19, she was propelled into the national spotlight when she and seven other female bank workers went on strike in December of 1977 over sex discrimination and became known as the Wilmer Eight. Their story was covered nationwide. It was a TV movie. Dina Manoff played Glennis. And uh, it was because, you know, uh, bank officials hired a man in the loan department and asked the at a higher salary and then asked the women to train him. 
Oh. And the women were <laughs> furious. It was the last straw. The women formed a union, but when negotiations went down, they went on strike. That was a huge story. Wow. Back, that was, you know, late 1977, and it was like the first time that a group of women stood up for themselves, and it kind of and became the- a rallying cry, and the strike ended, it lasted for a year. Wow. Mm-hmm. Did they win in ultimately? In the well, end? the labor board ruled that the bank had used unfair labor practice practices. The strike couldn't be justified on grounds of sex discrimination, so they got screwed in the yeah, end. All right, sounds like it. But way to stand up. Yeah. So uh, Dina Manoff even said, you know, about the 1984 TV movie A Man or Sex, where she played Glennis. She really battled for herself. She and the other seven women to stand up for things they believed in. Mm. So anyway. Fiery and devoted to fairness, fighting for equal treatment. Thank we you will for telling be right us about that. Yeah, we'll be right yeah. back with random thoughts. Julia's random thoughts. He looks like that puppet. I don't know. He's had cheeky implants. It's just random. That's all it is. Okay, so this is a good random for today, and you may have heard about it already because it's going around. But first of all, everyone knows Facebook, Instagram, and WhatsApp. All went down for like three hours. I don't know if they're up yet even. More like five hours. Yeah, I don't know that. Yeah, so that, you're not alone. We got a couple emails from people. I'm like, yep, okay. Yeah. So is that a coincidence or not after the Facebook whistleblower? Blower has been all right, over the news. 60 Minutes last Could night. Could be. Could be. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We don't know. All right, so, but here is, um, you know, we all know the song Bohemian Rhapsody. And in the video, it has a dark background and it just has the faces of Queen singing the song yeah well um i believe a woman shirley serban <laughs> has done bohemian catsody it's absolutely hysterical so the video is posted on the Lori and julia show page you have to click on today's date and it's the bottom one but here grant is going to play the beginning of the song okay anyway it's worth watching it and is. i think your kids would get a kick out of doing that is funny yeah that i is. thought i thought that is that's Just, a good post. That's a, I thought that was a... So, Catsity. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. All right. So, as far as invention goes, Lori, this one kind of struck me. Um, you know, in my family, we have a big toe syndrome. What? My ex. You oh, know, yeah, yeah. And yeah. my oh, kids. You got a big honker of a toe? Or oh, what? beyond. It was like, like a, a weapon. <laughs> like a it thumb. was like a weapon. Like, it would stick my finger between a big toe yeah. and the second toe, and it could, like, twist my finger yeah. and break no, it. No, it's oh a huge God. thumb. So I have some kids with these huge toes. <laughs> so when I read about this, it's just funny. Cause no, I know. They're I'm not just... big people, but this toe has just like, got its own, you know, zip code. <laughs> so anyway, so I um, saw this thing that someone just invented. It's a it's a tiny sock just for, for the big, big toe. toe. <laughs> but when I read about it, it has nothing to do with anything, really. But it's a Japanese company that started selling the tiny sock just to cover your big toe. So it's just a little sock, and it's made out of very good quality mm-hmm. material that doesn't stretch out and washes very well. No. But the reason they invented it is for when you put on your pantyhose or your nylons, your nail on your big toe usually is the one that scratches it or rips it. Uh, you know, so people have more reason to have a nice clipped toenail. Exactly. Lori. Lori likes her skin to be showing above every nail on her body, <laughs> finger and toe. Yes. She can't handle her nails having oh. an opportunity for dirt to get behind them. Yeah. Um, but so anyway, it's called a Japanese company called Tabu, Tabuo or something. Mm-hmm. It's the Oyabuku. 
Anyway, it just made me laugh. But it's got antibacterial and deodorizing properties. But it, oh. if anyone needs a joke yeah. present, because mm-hmm. they're cheap, um, they're $2 a pair. It's called, um, just get the sock for the big toe. Okay. Maybe you have a big toe or just an ugly toe you want to cover up. Just hand it them. Just, I'm trying <laughs> to figure out if you laugh. put the sock on your toe because you don't want to run your nylons. Like, who's wearing nylons? Apparently, in J- then, Jap- Jap- Japanese, in Japan, yeah. people are wearing nylons. Yeah. And, you know. But then your sock, your toe is they, showing. They need to come out with nude, they said. They're oh. struggling with the colors. Right, this is for. Uh, this is just for future for entrepreneurs. Future. It, but it's it. just an idea. But if you, then they show you with a nude. Hose and, oh, and yes. a black hose. It, it looks. It's just. It was just funny. I just yeah. Thought, here we go. And there are some cultures where they like Filipino women, right? And Thai women, and they love long toenails, like long, like fingernails. Not oh, long, but I can mean, you imagine those things scratching up on your leg? Culture, at night? But remember, oh. in a culture where you're wearing open toe your, shoes all the, all the time. time. And you don't, I get it. Yeah. you know, I mean, right? it's just a thing. I used to be very fascinated with the long, pretty toenails of the Filipino ladies. Oh, I'm sure you yeah. were, you know, oh. and because Laura, you hate long toenails, Me too. I, you know, but I was fast. I'm fascinated at other people that can <laughs> clickety clack, clack, clack with their nails. But no, I, I really Laura, you can't handle it. No, I just had a pedicure this weekend. Your toes look so nice. Yeah, but I'm look, four at, behind look you. at all that skin. I know I need that for my tennis shoes because yeah. my big toe is starting to hurt. Oh. I need a pedicure. Lori, your toes look nice. Thank you. Um, Enough of toe talk. Let's go on. Yeah. <laughs> there's a look. All right, now this is a weird random thought, and I haven't sent it to my friends in Seattle, but you might want to send this to your mom, okay? Well, she's already, she's it's devastated. Se- you know, Are they the, out? They lost. Oh. They needed a lot of things Santa happening. Manners. They had a really exciting win on Saturday night okay. and then Sunday. They needed to win, and then the Yankees or Boston, one of them needed to lose. And the wrong one did. The Yankees in Boston both won, I think, mm-hmm. and the Mariners lost. Yep. Okay. Well, here's a Mariners fact, and it's from the machine today. And it says um, that it, this deserves a mention because it's almost postseason time for baseball. Yeah. In, so exciting. I love postseason baseball. I, 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 I didn't know that about you. Oh, yeah. It's my only. It's, it's my. We get excited. My, oh, the sport. The I love October baseball. I'm fair weather. She's a fair weather fan who hops in at the very end of it's everything. the best time to watch baseball. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's a long summer stretch. Exactly. So. so in the Seattle Mariners, 44 years of existence, they've experienced more ruptured testicles five <laughs> then playoff appearances four i want you to send that random oh fact God. to your mom i almost sent it to shannon oh my word. our friend out there i mean but isn't that funny is that a baseball thing are people not wearing their nut no. cups with the hard cup they no don't make some good they don't because it they can run faster you're more We've agile about- all these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. 
Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. It's the, yeah. the only people but that really at, do are catchers, really. Who wants to get a ruptured uh, testicle? Well, you could <laughs> rupture it from a different thing. No, you're rough, You're getting ruptured because you're getting hit in the ball with, <laughs> with a 90 per hour. Yeah, the pitchers must wear a nut cup. No, pitchers nope. don't. Uh, catchers or the catchers. Do. Catchers, catchers are the only do. ones. Some do, some don't, but yeah. most do. But other than that, Otherwise, it's... they're going to need a new I told you. Which is what they're doing for dogs, you know, when they give them a fake <laughs> the ball. I heard that someone got a fake ball the other week. Yeah, yeah. well, I mean, you so know. So it gives, Uno will no longer, Lance Armstrong, we used to call him Uno. Wasn't it Katy Perry's husband got their dog? Not, no, it oh. was, it was, Somebody, it was Jake Gyllenhaal. Jake Gyllenhaal yeah, got himself a, a prosthetic nudicle. <laughs> Why? Yeah. Does it serve a purpose? Looks good. You know, just what? I was so busy staring at Jake that this the I parts of the story went right past. If me. anyone knows why you need to implant a fake testicle, I'm curious. I mean, this was such a random well, thing, but I didn't. So research. a dog can have two potatoes to lick instead of one. There you go. For mm-hmm. humans, it's for obviously you know for aesthetic aesthetic purposes. But do they do them on humans? But, yeah. Oh yeah. They do. They yeah. do. Oh yeah. When you lose, you can have that. You put, can have a replacement. Yes, why not? Yes, absolutely. Because if you go, let's say you're going out, and, and whoa. What's What's this one thing going on yeah. down here? Just uh, it keeps the questions out of the air, you know. I never. It's <laughs> <laughs> true. I mean, they rebuild grass. I, I know it, but I wondered why you would be. do a ball on a dog that doesn't need a ball. Uh, because some, I like I said, two potatoes to lick instead of one. <laughs> but the dog doesn't that. know that one would get so much attention. I don't know. It's I the don't weirdest know. thing, and I wanted to look into it last week, but you need to ask Lily why you would put another potato on a dog. I'll ask her tonight. Please. Please. We must get to Because them. it seems so silly, and someone's calling Grant. Maybe they'll have the answer yeah. for us. We can get back to this yeah, compelling there's, conversation. There's probably some good reason. Doggone reason. <laughs> See what she did. All right. We'll be right back. This is Lori and Julia, my talk 1071. All right. Till we figure out that dying news there about the uh, extra. Testicle. Let's get to our traffic right now. We're seeing. Right, so during that three-minute break, um, I I googled why do you replace a dog's testicles? Yes, and um, Grant called his <laughs> girlfriend. Yes, who is a vet, right? Or uh, vet works tech. for a vet. vet. She's tech. in school to be a nurse right now, a human nurse, but she's technically an animal nurse right now. So yeah. what did she say? She said that most people do it. The reasons that they would get would because they're show dogs. And it's a part of, you know, they hang the same, they look the same, right. and it's, it's for aesthetic purposes, just right. like a man. So, God, I so really here's, think it's the potato. Well, here's, here's what someone says. Any new pet parent will tell you the most difficult decision they've made concerning their best bud was neutering. Yeah. But neuticles might be the answer to their dog's prayers. But it has occurred, if it's occurred to you that neutering a male dog would, how would the dog feel about the loss of their testicles? That's right. They're sad about it. So a guy came up with neuticles, an attempt to save his dog Buck from suffering the physical loss of his Johnson's potatoes. <laughs> scary, right. Excuse me. He came up with a concept of fake testicles for a dog. Mm-hmm. The vet told him he had gone nuts, no pun intended. <laughs> but that didn't stop him. Mm-hmm. So neuticles, they're about 28 $2,800. Whoa. See, the, here's the deal, though. I get why people have that concern, because when you do neuter your dogs, 
it does affect the way they develop, the way they age, the way they act, right? So people get a little concerned about removing them too early, too soon, or removing them at all. So I see the idea there, but then take, so, but does the dog really know that these are fake and, and not real? Like, or is it? I, I don't know. Or well, does he I'm just want something dog. to lick? Let yeah. me, let me, wait. Yeah, <laughs> Ask the question dog. again. Mm-hmm. Ruff, let me get into my yeah. doggy brain. Wait, it's no. right here. <laughs> well, clearly yeah. he wants to lick, so something to lick. It's like, like fake press. They, they're, they're perky, they stand up, and they feel a little different, but it's all okay because it doesn't matter. I just remember my parents having a <laughs> huge my... fight because my dad refused. Prince. No, the, the Misty. Oh, Misty. Black Mist of Sir Lawrence. <laughs> he named him after himself. He was desperate for a boy. Oh, my gosh. And it was a Springer Spaniel. Oh, and best dogs, yes. My dad, he's like, we are not neutering him. We'd always had female dogs. Sure. Before and because he said he won't be a man otherwise. This right. is my dad. Now this right. is it'll bark higher. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And and my mom was just like, "We're easy, you know." And then we ended it's a up dog. Yeah, but we ended up moving to Japan, and who knows how many dogs that the black mist of Sir Lawrence <laughs> impregnated. All I know is that when we lived on base, mm-hmm. we were constantly getting calls. In our Hyde Park neighborhood, get you, your damn dog your off dog my, is, my, my yes, woman. Yes, we were all we'd have it. Would take my mom and my. We'd each have to take a leg and pick him up, <laughs> pick him up, and his red thing was twirling, and he's and I mean he was the horniest dog. He humped all my friends through junior high and high school. It was highly embarrassing. Oh, but that dog, that Springer Spaniel. Lived to be 15 and a half years there old. There you go. And my dad always said it was because... He kept the he potatoes. Got, he kept mm-hmm. the potatoes. Yeah, there's... That's there's, so funny. There are people who believe that, yes. Yeah. So I guess if you want the look, you can have the look, but otherwise, I don't really see the need, you know? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. But I can't just... imagine how many dogs that Black Mist of Sir Lawrence impregnated. <laughs> oh, Lord. And because the name. Because horny. Listen to the name. Well, we called him Misty. But the Black oh, Mist, Mist of Sir Lawrence. Was that your dad's stage no, name? No, he was a registered... He was a therapy or, or service dog. No, he was dog? a registered uh, Springer Spaniel, AKC or whatever you okay. call it. Was it a black and white Springer Spaniel? Black with just he just had a white patch. Oh, mine was black and white, named Missy, not Misty. Missy. So there you go. <laughs> Great. I mean, other than the horny humping, he was the greatest dog. Just Aww. so nice. And my dad, he was going to be a hunting dog, and of course, my dad took him out too early and. Someone let off fireworks, and that was it. Then he was no good. Oh, you good. can't. You then can't. The, the dogs need time on that one. And I remember when we first moved to Japan, so I'm like in fourth grade, going into fifth grade, and we live off base, you know, in a Japanese neighborhood. Right. Our house is on stilts facing a tea field, and it's like Bonadori or something. They have a lot of festivals in Japan in the summer, a lot of fireworks. Oh, and forget it. The fireworks went off, and Black Mist of Sir Lawrence went right through the picture window and into the tea field. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. B- broke the window. It was so loud. It was so... That's traumatic. Oh, very, very traumatic. And, you know, he was, like, uh, not even a year old. So <gasps> my dad had taken him out too early, like, in the spring before right. we moved to Japan. That's and it. then we get to Japan. Gun from there. And then every firework, that dog that was such a humpy, horny dog under a bed or a couch or just absolutely terrible. He probably hated living in Japan, quite frankly. Quite frankly. Except there were so many other dogs to hump. That, well, that there maybe you go. made up for You want to know the humping dog thing? So we had a dog, Pepper, but it was a female dog. And she was... Um, she was horny? She was naughty. She humped us all the time. Like, 
I'd be walking around and she's still on my leg humping it. I mean, she was so horny, that dog. And she was spayed and everything, but she was just a... She was just a humping machine. Yeah, it's usually. And good. anyone would come over and she'd hop on their leg and it'd be like, yeah, that's just her dog. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Better that than my dad. Right. <laughs> 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 Better that than my dad. Oh, gosh. All right. What were we okay. going to talk about? Well, I was just going to let you know a couple of little royal reports. Oh, a little yes. bit of news. First, I'll give All you right. the fun, easy news. Oh, thank you for that, Rose. Thank you. Getting in the mood. Princess Eugenie's husband, Jack Brooksbank, let it slip that the queen has a secret booze tunnel under Buckingham Palace. I like this. I remember she has five drinks a day. Love it. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, there's a tunnel... um, that is under the palace so that you can discreetly head to this cocktail bar called Duke's Bar from the palace. We saw this in something. Maybe what the movie? Crown. Was it the I Crown? I swear we may have seen it in the Crown. Maybe we did. So that, uh, you know, oh, you can discreetly. It must have been the Crown. And Duke's Bar is located in this Mayfair residence called Duke's Hotel, which is. Uh, famous for its legendary martini. So it's a way that, um, you know, you can head to the bar from the palace without going above ground. This was in a movie. This yeah. was in a movie or The Crown. Yeah, it's a booze tunnel. It's really Gotta happening. Love that. Yeah, it's really happening. Jealous. I know. Isn't that and something? And it's a way for the royals <laughs> without being seen out. They can go to a bar. Yeah, and probably Princess Margaret and Prince Philip used it the most. I'm sure. And maybe some of the younger royals. Maybe it was also an escape thing or something. Like, you know, there's always been, there's a tunnel under the Waldorf. A story in New York. Yes. A railroad, little railroad car in a tunnel. Oh. And it was a presidential yes. thing. And also there's for some of the under VIPs. The, there's tunnels really? under the White House. There's tunnels. There were tunnels everywhere back in the day. Yeah. Well, wow. I mean, look yeah. at the, even in Lake of the Isles neighborhood, there are homes that had tunnels in St. Paul and, mm-hmm. you know. All right. In other royal news, it well, is just known the queen is paying for her son's um legal. legal. Oh, boy. He should have just Uh-oh. settled. He should have just settled. He's broke. He's the queen. not wise with his own money. Yeah, the Daily it, Mail actually had this story. They got off of yelling at Harry and Meghan for a hot minute. She's spending millions funding his fight against the sex abuse allegations. He's being sued by Virginia. Uh, in Jeffrey, New York. In New York. Jeffrey. She's agreed to pay for his legal defense. And, of course, this is all comes about after his disastrous... He decided himself to do this interview with the BBC Newsnight. Um, he had to get an American lawyer um, and uh, Melissa Lerner alongside his other counselor. And she's giving him money from her private douche of Lancaster estate. Royal <laughs> courtiers are said. That's what it's called. Yeah, the douche. Oh, oh it, it is. is. C-H-Y. I, I think it's pronounced douche. <laughs> no, this is... It, I was going to call it Dutchy, but there's no T, I guess. It's douchey. I I think so. (laughs) Anyway, it's going to be millions as the civil case continues. Lerner is from Los Angeles-based Lavely Singer, a top law firm known for making celebrities' legal problems disappear. So that's who she's... $2,000 an hour. Yeah. His legal bill 
is going to be absolutely far past five million huge. Say, yep. And also, um, there's a woman. Her name is uh, Shakri Walker, and she's prepared to testify against the Duke of York and reveal details of an encounter she had with him at Tramp Nightclub in London in 2001. She's already given a written statement to the FBI saying she vividly remembers Andrew with Virginia Jeffrey. Jeffrey, it's G-L. Jeffrey, 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 I think is how it's pronounced. And she said she could contradict his statement that he gave to to BBC Newsnight that he had no recollection of ever meeting the young lady. The woman, um, Shukri Rocker, says she remembers the night because she apologized to Prince Andrew after stomping on his feet on the dance floor. <laughs> and then, you would remember that. Yeah, though. and then Sarah Ferguson will likely be subpoenaed. Again, Andrew and his disastrous BBC Newsnight gave in great detail how he was at the Pizza remember, Express. Remember that. Like remember he that. could remember that night. Um, oh, well, you do when you were supposed to think of something where you weren't. Right, but it's such a big lie. Anyway, of all things, I was at Shakey's Pizza Wagon. Right. I mean, that's what it sounds like. So he said he was at a pizza restaurant and uh, and that he was with his daughter and Sarah Ferguson. And so, of course, Sarah would lie for him. Yes, she but would. But nobody really believes that. And this other lady is saying, no, he was, you know, at least I saw him at this night. So anyway, what what a kerfuffle, as they say. And it's not going away. No, it is not. In, it, no, it is not. It's I need to cost give you her a lot of money. Okay, so last week on Friday, I think it was reported that ABC, oh, excuse me, Disney settled its Black Widow lawsuit with Scarlett Johansson. Oh, yeah. She was suing for $50 million. And I said maybe twenty five thirty, and you go no, it's forty. Mm-hmm. It was exactly forty. Was it forty? Million? It was forty million mm-hmm. to nice squash. Job. Yep, ten million less than she, you know, thought. But um, so on that movie, she made sixty million dollars. It's good to be a movie star. Well, but I mean, I, she, she had the legal. Yep. What they argued about is how much it would have made at the box office. Yes, one hundred percent. Her lawyers went all the way to the top number. And said, oh, it would have been this, and they yep. would have based it on other Disney movies, and they just backed down just that little that bit. That little bit, because it would have a made case. a ton of money at yep. the movie theater for movie theater for it was only in the theater because people Has anyone loved seen this? that movie. Have I, you seen it? I have not, but just haven't gotten around yeah. to it. But I know I would like it. Well, we like those movies. Yeah. Yeah, all right. So anyway, I just want so, to say you were right on, sister. $40 million. Yeah, nice job. wasn't going to be half because the yeah. lawyers had to be doing some some Marvel math and figuring what that box office and they, was. Marvel math. They had yeah. already committed some future things with her and probably that had already started in the works and they were like, yeah, we got to just go. pay. It's not going to be paid in one bulk sum. No, no. However, they they probably let us know. structured like the bonus it would have been on the movie, so it goes out. How over. do you get paid forty million dollars over a year? How big is that paycheck? The contract is long, and you have that's why you have a lawyer, a manager. And I'm an just agent. thinking though, how much money that would be to take home a week? That'd be yeah. a big, gym. big, big. Wow. All right, listen. We come back. We're going to Hollywood speak. Hollywood speaking. What is the meaning of this? All right. What are we Hollywood speaking? Okay, here, here I've today. got I've got a couple go, of things yeah? for you. All right, Ben Affleck says life is good amid the Jennifer Lopez reunion. Well. I believe life is good, and I think that (laughs) she's cleaned him up good. I know that, because he showed up at something. uh, The Tender Bar, which is uh, George Clooney, 
um, directed the movie. It was based on, and Anne Ben Affleck is in the movie, stars right. in the movie. They had the um, movie, what do you call it, the debut? Mm-hmm. What the premiere. Premiere, yeah. thank you, that's the word. Yeah. And um, he just said that, he told Extra, I'm very happy. It's a very happy time in my life. Life is good. Jennifer was not there with him. He went solo, but she has cleaned him up nicely. And he said, working with George Clooney was a real treat. So it's time in my career. It's a time in my career that is surprisingly full, kind of fruitful. I kind of lucked into this. Very grateful. So yes, I'm very, very happy. And I'm proud of The Last Duel, which, by the way, comes out October 15th in your movie theaters. Go see it. God, I'd love it if George Clooney and J-Lo made a... An update to Out of Sight. That oh, was that such was, a great movie. Okay, that is a great, great movie. movie. Steamy, sexy, and that movie's twenty five years old, and it still would really? hold up. Wow. Have you seen that? Yes, that's twenty five years old. I know. You know an old movie I watched a J Lo this weekend. Mm. Selena. I watched oh, that this weekend. I've never watched that. that. It was. A, it's good. It's a little bit of cheesy nineties, yeah. you know, makeup and everything, but it's a great story, and she does phenomenal in it. So yeah. it was a good movie. Right. Okay, I've got one for you. Okay, I'm sorry, I've got another one. Mm-hmm. Lindsay Lohan, Lohan, Lohan inks a new podcast deal to share her authentic voice. Oh boy, good luck getting her into the <laughs> studio on time and everything. She's Unless she's uh, improved greatly from when I watched her reality show, and then I watched her low hand. I watched her reality show at the restaurant in Greece. Well, the nightclubs. It was the nightclub day clubs in Greece. Oh my lord! Her idea of work is very different from any other people's idea of work. (laughs) Well, here's what she says: I'm looking forward to connecting with more. I mean, she has the deepest voice. I'm looking forward to Mm -hmm. connecting with more of my fans and having. Intimate conversations with friends and thought leaders across oh, our industry. Thought leaders? Uh-huh. That right there, you're losing everybody. Just- mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We can't wait. Studio 71, who is the podcast uh, company that's going to be the platform for her, mm-hmm. with her unparalleled experiences as an entertainer and entrepreneur. We are so excited for her take at the mic to share her thoughts and opinions with the world. All right. She apparently is going to have a Netflix Holiday rom com. Yeah, I think we knew that yeah. she got cast. She's, in a, she looks. A li- interest- I think it's a Lifetime, or is it? Netflix? It said Netflix. Okay. She looks interesting to me. Like he's so young to look so old. Yeah, she just hasn't aged as well. That Go Away Island trip we sent her on mm-hmm. seventeen years ago. Yeah, I think it was rough, Lori. Yeah, I think it was. <laughs> I think it was. It was. We had this thing. We literally built an island for people where you're sick of Grant, and it was called Go Away Island. I love yeah. it. And we'd have a stork pick them up mm-hmm. and drop them off there on the computer. It was hysterical. But That's good. She was our first person. We she could was. do that now. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people now I'd like to send to Go Away Island. island. Um, well, you know, you can say it whenever you want. Um, <laughs> All right. Okay, Katie Couric's book is really, Deborah Norville, was. Uh, they reached out to her because uh, in the book, Katie Couric talks about how Deborah Norville's perfectionism rubbed her the wrong way. Deborah, when she was reached, she said, I'm really too stunned and frankly too hurt to comment. Okay. Here, I, okay. Here's what I'm going to say I'm too stunned that Katie Couric is this dumb to be publishing <laughs> a memoir that is going to take away everything from her, her reputation, her good Susie Sunshine, wake up with me, cheerful gals. She just, I'm too stunned that she would do this and comment on something so Well, Katie, here's what I'm going to say. Katie Couric's 
already worried about this book because she had friends go to the New York Post and say that it, she didn't really want to tell all these stories, but her publisher was encouraging her. And I'm like, okay, the publisher has got to be happy because well, I of would all keep this. saying, I need more juice. I need more juice. Of course you would. But right, I mean, but what I about mean, a, a Katie is not like some Stupid. reality star that's just written Getting her first book. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I got one for you, Lori, because mm-hmm. this is breaking news right now. Mm-hmm. The day Facebook went dark, social giant wiped from web. Hours after whistleblower Zuckerberg loses billions. Yeah, no. Um, <laughs> billions. This is not a coincidence. If you don't know, Facebook went dark, Instagram went dark, WhatsApp, WhatsApp app went dark. Yeah, last Ooh, night a woman funny. on Facebook, or who worked minutes. for Facebook, was on 60 Minutes, and she was in their um, civil, it was like the part, the part of Facebook where it's looking at what people are saying as far as appropriate practices or uh, yeah, something. something. It was called something else. And basically she said, uh, they knew all kinds of stuff was um, terrible and wrong and wrong and lying. And yep. they liked the more people were angry about stuff, particularly about politics, mm-hmm. January 6th, it got more traction. Facebook could have taken it down yeah. and they didn't because uh, you get more engagements when you're angry. Yeah. And it's weird. Like, did someone take them down? I think so. Funny how you censor people and now you're the one being censored. censored. Funny how that works out. Huh? And I cannot stand Mark Zuckerberg. Me neither. I love this. I somewhat I, personally love yeah, this. I know it. I do too. It just seems like uh, it seems like it maybe. There is justice somewhere. A little bit. Little I'm bit. hoping so. That's just my personal opinion. Twitter was absolutely having a blast. because Twitter it was, is having a blast. It was Facebook, Insta, and WhatsApp all owned by Facebook. Mm. That Twitter is not chimed a in from the main saying, hello, literally everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Jack Dorsey. Well, the thing, um, the thing about this is so much misinformation, so much hate was spewed. Yeah. I mean, really, mm-hmm. if it, you look at it as a mm-hmm. look and back at it. As did a you social, watch that 60 minutes? I didn't, but I oh. taped it. I oh. taped it. I was watching, you know, Ted Lasso for the 13th yeah. time. And, and then she game. was also on um, Good Morning America Good this morning. morning America. I did see that. As was the piping hot tea from Stephanie Grisham. I'll take your questions now. Who was in the Trump's White House for it four years? It was internal systems employees. Oh, yeah. Mm. Mm. I bet internal and system and employees themselves. <laughs> That's you know, a big one for stocks today, people. Woo! Well, Zuckerberg lost $7 billion. Is that what they're saying? They just said See? billions. They yeah. didn't say an exact number. And then how about the Panama or the Pandora Papers and all the... Uh, the people with the offshore accounts, including Shakata, Shakata. She's yeah. so busted. She yeah. is so busted. Because yep. Yep. she didn't yep. pay like taxes yep. or something and claims she didn't have money. But this is what rich... This is rich people problem. This is what they all do, apparently. The and I guess Sioux papers. Falls, South Dakota is like a hotbed of, they've got very loose laws as far as having like uh, shell companies and stuff like that. And so Sioux Falls has all this mm-hmm. stuff. Was that mentioned in this in this article too? 
In the, Pandora's? Yeah, the Pandora Papers. Yeah, there's a lot of Oh, people. gosh, there's a lot of it juicy... It was 160 journalists around the world working on this story. For years, weren't kind they? Of unbelievable, because the last one we was the Panama. We heard about it. Yeah, the, the Panama, Panama thing. Papers, yes. and we learned about Queen Elizabeth and all her shell companies. Jeez. Jeez Louise. It gives new meaning to the shell game that we used to watch on The Price is Right. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we'll be back. Uh, this is My Talk 107 when you're listening to Lori and Julia.